You are listening to the Brady Farkas Show podcast. Thanks to Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. You can always listen to the show live weekdays from 5.30 to 7 p.m. on WDEV AM and FM and streaming at WDEVradio.com. You can text in your thoughts 24-7 at 802-585-3026. That's 802-585-3026. The following is a presentation from WDEV Radio. Fast-paced. They can go no huddle. They can go two tight ends. They can go play action. They can take shots down the field. They can run the ball with Cam. I love the options here. Opinionated. Mac Jones was a safe pick, but his ceiling is just Kirk Cousins. To the point. The Red Sox are better than I expected. I still don't think they're winning the division. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Brady Farkas show on a Monday right here on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Short show today. We go up until just 6 o'clock. Red Sox baseball against the Blue Jays. Game four of that four-game set. Sox are uh, down two games to one right now in that four-game series, so they need a win today and a good pitching performance from Nathan Avaldi to salvage the series. And 6-10 with the pregame show, 7-10 with the first pitch right here on your home for Red Sox baseball, WDEV. Sox beaten up by the Jays yesterday, 18-4, to allowing eight home runs yesterday, most they've ever allowed in a single game. A great weekend in local sports. We saw state titles awarded in several sports. We will have CVU baseball coach Tim Albertson with us at about 5.50 to talk about his team's Division I championship win over Brattleboro, the fifth school title in CVU history. Also, a happy day for many around the state as the governor has lifted COVID-19 restrictions. That means that I am headed back to one of my favorite places for the first time in 15 months. This week, I'm going back to the gym, Orange Theory Fitness in Burlington. So it's one of my favorite places to go. I have not been since last March, about March 9th or so, right before St. Patrick's Day. I am headed back. So uh, this arm is very sore from the men's league. Another pitching performance in the books, so I can start to rehab it now by going and getting some proper exercise over at Orange Theory Fitness right there up on Shelburne Road in South Burlington. So that is where I will be, and I am pumped to be back there. And, uh, you know, if you fancy yourself a good workout, then I fancy you find yourself at Orange Theory Fitness. So uh, really, really cool place to go, and I'm excited. It's one of the things I am excited to get back to. If you want to get in, you can. For the next 28 minutes, we are here on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line, 802-585-3026. Your locally owned Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. Here we go. Let's do it. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. The opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas Show brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber, and online at sticksandstuff.com. We mentioned the Red Sox, right? They got their clock cleaned yesterday by the Blue Jays. It was a whole lot of this yesterday. And he drives this one deep toward right center by the bullpen. Long gone. That ties a Red Sox record. They've given up seven home runs today. The Major League home run leader hitting his 21st. Two more RBIs giving him 55 for the season, and it is 16-3 Toronto. So that was Vlad Guerrero Jr. with the homer. That was number seven. It ended up being, again, eight home runs allowed by the Red Sox. As disappointing and disheartening as yesterday was for the Sox, yesterday's Red Sox game reflected 
a recent league-wide trend. Okay, Offense over the last week, the last 10 days, has picked up dramatically across Major League Baseball. With the looming crackdown coming on pitchers using foreign substances, offense has picked up. Okay, Again, eight home runs yesterday by the Blue Jays against the Red Sox. Look, you don't have to be way into analytics to see what's going on. This past week had the lowest spin rate of any week of the season for pitchers, and batting averages went up and strikeouts went down. So, pitchers, prepare for the crackdown. They stop using the cheating stuff. The spider attack is being more readily eliminated from their repertoire. As a result, spin rates go down, fastballs don't move as much, breaking balls don't move as much, oh, strikeouts go down, and the batting average goes up. Think about this. From April 1st until June 4th, from April 1st, opening day, until June 4th, 10 days ago, Major League hitters hit 236. From June 5th until today, Major League hitters are hitting 247. So in that time where Major League Baseball announces we're going to crack down on foreign substances, and in that time where pitchers realize they have to change things, batting average is already up 11 points. Some of it, I will concede, I'm sure, is due to warmer weather. I recognize it's hard to hit 97 on the hands in Detroit on April 2nd. It's a little easier to do it on June 12th. But weather is, I don't think, is the only thing playing into the hitter's favor here. I do believe that pitchers recognizing they need to change as a result of the MLB crackdown, I think that that matters. Okay? Again, April 1st to June 4th, Major League hitters hit 236. This time, June 5th to yesterday, 247. On base percentage has gone up. Slugging percentage has gone up by more than 20 points also. The offense changed within the last 10 days as a result of this. And look, it's nice to see that players can hit. It's not all that fun to me to go through and have it be May 12th and see five guys hitting under 190 in lineups. Or on June 1st and see a bunch of guys hitting 202. Baseball needs to figure this out, though, once and for all. Because, look, I have said all season, Major League Baseball needs to do something to help the offense. I said that all year, Major League Baseball needs to do something to help the offense. We talked about moving the mound back. We talked about limiting or eliminating the shift. And we talked about maybe doing both of those things. Or maybe it is just as simple as this. Maybe it is just as simple as getting the pitchers to stop cheating. Maybe that's all the answer was all along. If we could get the pitchers to stop cheating, offense would return to the game at an acceptable level. Okay, I want Major League Baseball to make the correction, but now I want to make sure they don't make an overcorrection. And that's very important. I want to make sure that Major League Baseball does not make an overcorrection. Correction. The next few months of the Major League Baseball season need to be completely studied and need to be completely studied thoroughly. If the pitchers not cheating can solve enough of the offensive issues in the sport, then maybe we don't need to take away the shift. Maybe we don't need to move the mound back. Baseball has needed an alteration. Maybe this is the alteration that they needed, and maybe this is the only alteration that I needed. Look, 
I've said this before, and I think this is a great line that we can live by. I want to go to the ballpark and know that any outcome is possible, but I don't want the outcome to be predictable. Okay, Any outcome can be possible, but I don't want the outcome to be predictable. I don't like going to the ballpark knowing I'm going to see 2-1 to one and 7 combined hits. I also don't want to go to the ballpark and see that every game be 15-13. That would be a problem also. So if if getting rid of cheating among pitchers is a way enough to help solve the offense, then I'm good with just that. I don't need to move the mound back or change the shift if this is good enough. So that is why the two months, two and a half months remaining in this season, actually I guess it's three and a half months remaining in this season, they need to be completely and thoroughly studied to see what happened to offense because I don't want the overcorrection. You know what's... You know what I don't love about big-time college football? If I go into the Big 12, I know the game's going to be 58-51. to That's not fun for me. You know what we got to a point last year in the NFL at the beginning of the season? I knew every game was going to be 37-34. That wasn't that fun for me. I don't like going into the NBA and knowing, hey, we're going to see 140-136 to tonight. I don't need an overcorrection to help the offense. So the baseball... The people that be in baseball, Theo Epstein, Rob Manfred, whoever, they need to figure this out because if taking away the foreign substances is enough for the offense to regroup but not go crazy, then I'm good with that. You can keep the shift, keep the mound, and we're okay. If it's not enough, then do something else. But I don't want every game to look like it did yesterday for the Blue Jays scoring 18 runs. I don't want every game to look like that. The next three and a half months are critical, critical for the sport's development and moving forward. Tom and East Montpelier on the Napa-Morrisville-Napa Waterbury text line 802-585-3026. What are the chances Xander Bogarts wins the MVP? Seems like the best season of his career, and he's coming through a lot in clutch situations. His fielding has been better than normal as well. I would say the chances of Xander Bogarts winning the MVP right now are zip. And intern Jack across the way agrees zip. Look. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is having an unbelievable offensive season. We spoke to Dan Shulman, Blue Jays broadcaster, longtime ESPN broadcaster. We had him on on Friday. He was talking about how good Vlad Jr. has been. Major League home run leader, 21 of them now, I believe. You just heard in the clip there. Uh, 55 RBIs. So Vlad, right now, he certainly um, has a track at it. If Shohei Otani stays healthy, he also has a crack at it because he's doing something we have never seen. Okay? He's doing something we, those of us living, have never seen. He is pitching to an ERA under three, and he's going to be near the Major League Baseball you know, leaders in home runs. I think Otani's around 17 right now in the home run department. So he's near the top of the charts in home runs, and he's dominating on the mound. So Otani, I think, is there. Vlad Jr., I think, is there. I'd have to go through the rest of everybody else around baseball, but I would say that, or at least around the American League, I'd say Bogarts is certainly in the conversation. I think he'll certainly get votes, but, I mean, you know, the White Sox, the Rays, I mean, there's going to be, there's a lot of good teams here, and Otani and Vlad Jr. 
have good stories, and we'll see if the White Sox and Rays can. You know, Moncada's having a phenomenal year for the White Sox as well. I'd say Bogarts is behind the eight ball when it comes to that. Intern Jack wants to tell me something. He says, Otani could win MVP as a hitter and the Cy Young as a pitcher. That's incredible. That would be incredible, and that would be an interesting dilemma for the voters. I'd be more inclined to give him the MVP for his total body of work rather than segment it one over the other. He's not dominant enough as a hitter to win the MVP as a hitter. Look, he's not going to play every single game on the offense, so he's going to have less games than some of these other qualified people. He's not singularly dominant enough as a hitter to outright win the MVP on that, and he's not singularly dominant enough as a pitcher to outright win the Cy Young. I mean, Lance Lynn today for the White Sox is pitching. He's 7-1 with a 1-2-3 ERA. I'm not saying that that's going to hold up over the course of the year, but that's better than Otani is as a pitcher. So, Otani, to me, will be able to, you know, I think his whole body of work together would carry him to the MVP. Jack says, uh, by the way, J.D. Martinez once won two silver sluggers in the DH and outfield. That's great. It's not the MVP, you know, or it's not Cy Young and the MVP. I think if Otani wins the MVP, he's going to win the MVP on his total body of work. But a good question there from Jack and East Montpelier. All right, state championship weekend across high school sports this weekend. Tim Albertson, the head coach at CVU. His team won the Division I baseball championship yesterday by beating Brattleboro. They throttled Brattleboro 13 to nothing. Tim Albertson is going to be with us next. It was his fourth career state title at the helm of CVU. He's here next on the Ready Farkas Show on WDEV. Hi, this is Evan Hallstrom. I race super late models with the Pro All-Star Series. You can follow me throughout the summer racing up and down the East Coast. I've always loved auto racing. Not only do I drive the car, but I build it with my dad. We're a small family-run team that has a lot of fun. I'm proud of the work that I do with the Governor's Highway Safety Program and the Vermont Highway Safety Alliance. Remember, click it or ticket. Follow me on my Facebook page at Evan Hallstrom Racing and Twitter at EvanHMS1 or my website at EvanHallstromRacing.com. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVRadio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show right here at WDEV AM and FM and WDEVRadio.com. Tim Albertson, CBU baseball coach, standing by with us. He'll be with us here in about 60 seconds from now. His team just won the state championship game yesterday at Centennial Field by beating Brattleboro. Final score was 13 to nothing. It was the fifth overall state championship for CBU, the fourth for Tim Albertson. The show is brought to you in part by Evan Holstrom Racing. We're all excited about the debut of the Thunder Road traditional Thursday night season. We'll have it for you on WDEV with coverage on Thursday night. Lee Cattell and Nick Mumley. Well, if you're interested in racing, then you're interested in Evan Holstrom. He's an 18-year-old out of Northfield who's making his name on the Pro All-Star Series Super Late Model schedule, but he has raced at Thunder Road before. He was the youngest ever to qualify for the Vermont Milk Bowl, and you can check out his schedule and what he's up to at EvanHolstromRacing.com. That's EvanHolstromRacing.com. And uh, the next chance for him to race is coming up this Sunday on June 20th at the Hudson Speedway in Hudson, New Hampshire. That's where they're doing the super late models on asphalt. So if you're interested in local racing, Evan Holstrom is a guy that you should be following, again, on his social media channels, on Facebook, and on his website. Real quick, this is kind of for intern Jack, too. And, well, you know, it's for everybody. We were just talking about offense improving 
over the course of the last 10 days or so in Major League Baseball. I told you that spin rate was down all across baseball, and that's in part, I'm sure, in main part, because of the you know pitchers not using spider attack. Well, it is interesting that MLB spin rate leader Trevor Bauer hit hard Saturday in a start against a bad Rangers offense, and Corbin Burns, who's dominant, and his cutter is of the you know analytics darling crowd for its spin rate, he was roughed up over the weekend, allowing a season-high 11 base runners against the awful Pirates. So great pitchers with high spin rates clearly were not the same in some of their first starts implemented or some of their first starts since these, uh, you know, the memo came down from Major League Baseball. That's on the national front. On the local front, though, uh, you know, we got a couple texts coming in, too. We will get to those on the other side here of, uh, of Tim Albertson. But Tim Albertson is waiting patiently with us. He's the head baseball coach over at CVU. His team just won the state championship, beating Brattleboro. It's Tim Albertson's fourth state title, and Tim is with us now. Tim, congratulations on what I'm sure was a very, very memorable state championship Sunday. Hey, thank you, Brady. Thanks for having me. Look, you've won state titles before, but given what – your team has gone through what your school has gone through the last 14, 15 months with coronavirus, like we all have. How special was this one? This was amazing. It was a really, it was a really fun, fun day for the kids. It was great to see them. Um, we had been talking about a, a good time to peak, um, and this was a great day for them. And they really peaked at the right time, which is always what a team wants to do as we build up throughout the season. But this was, this was by far one of the top, top days that we've had, and. Um, the performance by Ollie on the mound with 18 Ks was unreal. And um, the amount of hits we got in the first inning and amongst the rest that came around, Ryan Canty's great day. Um, it was a blast. I mean, the kids were awesome. What was it like trying to get this team ready? How unique was it? You know, guys maybe aren't training on their own as much in the winter. The winter season goes longer. You guys start later. You know, the buildup is just different. What was it like getting this year's team ready? It seemed like a rush. It seemed yeah. like we were we were trying to get everything in so quickly um, that it really just it, it was almost too. It seemed like everything was going so fast. I mean, we had two weeks inside. Um, all of a sudden, we're outside in April and we're playing our first game up in St. Albans and then going right up to Unisburg. I mean, we were on the road for our first. I think we figured it out like six games, um, and it all just happened so fast. I mean, you, we think we played more games than we've been on our field. Um, for practices so it was just trying to keep up and I just kept telling the guys you got to trust what's going on you got to trust the process and we really need to focus on just getting better you know I played at a very very big high school in New York okay I graduated with 700 kids in my class alone so um, I know what it's like to play at a very big school CBU is the biggest school in the state so you evidently I'm sure hear the same things that I heard playing well it's so easy to be good when you have the biggest pot to choose from or you have the biggest pool of players how gratifying is it though to you know because that with those comments come with a degree of pressure and then to back it up and go out and win that's got to feel extra gratifying I mean it, of course it is and it's one of those that, I mean we we're fortunate to have a great community um looking at Williston and Shelburne and Hinesburg Charlotte um, you know, all of those areas, St. George, they all bring in great kids um, and they all have great, great little leagues and Babe Ruth's and um, the kids really worked hard over it. I think that I think you're right. It's really satisfying to be able to turn around and back up kind of what we have um, 
but to be honest, the kids really did work hard in the off season. They did find ways to do things and um, it showed. You know, you mentioned the starting pitcher, Oliver Pudvar, yesterday, 18 strikeouts in the state championship game. <clears throat> I was lucky if I could get eight Ks in a scrimmage against the JV team, 18 Ks in the state title game. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. I didn't, I didn't realize where, where the game had gone until the end, until somebody told me that he had 18 Ks. Like, I knew he was doing a really good job, but to only have three, three, three outs made in the field, I think there was eight balls put in play total. Um, you know, it was he was unreal. I mean, he just he was hitting his spots. He was throwing all three pitches for strikes. Um, he was able to throw it where he wanted to at any time. Um, I I love his pace. You know, somebody somebody texted me that they've never been to a game that went that had thirteen runs and went so quickly. Um, I think that just attributes to the pace of the game and just the way the kids worked both on the mound for both teams. You know, you've won now four state titles at CVU. You are leaving CVU to become the athletic director at Stowe, a little closer here to uh, WDEV proper. Why was that the right move for you? Uh, It's something I've been working hard at. Um, What a lot of people didn't know is the last three years I've been working on my master's in sports administration. Um, And it just, it happened to fall onto my plate um at the right time and it's just one of those i've always wanted to do it i've had some really great athletic directors that i've been under or been able to work with um over my career um it actually goes all the way back to like bruce wheeler when he was at essex um and then ed hockenberry and then obviously the ability to work with kevin rail and dan shepherdson um it just it was the right time for me and i i'm really looking forward to it i'm looking forward to getting over and becoming a raider and um just being able to move up into a different part of life, start a new chapter. Well, Tim Albertson exiting as the head baseball coach at CBU. His team wins a Division One title yesterday, 13-0 over Brattleboro, the program's fifth state championship. I want to get you out on this. Um, we've been talking a lot in central Vermont about Owen Kellington, the pitcher from U32, who has a real chance to get drafted this year. You have had a player drafted in Rain Supple, um, drafted twice, drafted out of high school and then drafted out of Wake Forest, where he ultimately um, eventually went into the pro ranks out of college. From your experience, what does having a player drafted mean for a program, but also do for a baseball community? I mean, it's an honor. Those those kids come in, you get one of those every once in every like 15, 20 years. Um, and for the fact that I happen to be there with Rain, um, you know, he was fun to coach. He was very coachable. Um, we would talk about different things, but he, you know, he, you saw it when he was in Little League, like when he was coming through and all of a sudden he played one year at Babe Ruth and he's now playing on the big field. I mean, he, the transition seemed, you know, easy for him. Um, but as you sat there and looked at it, I mean, for the community, kids kids need to know that they can still follow their dreams um, and that they are possible. Um, and it is okay to dream. Um, you know, I think, Rain really, I think Rain, and actually in this case, because it was the first time I've seen Owen throw in four years, um, and he was that was impressive. And I know he wasn't at his best um, after having thrown Wednesday, but you know he 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 controls the ball well. He throws it on a downward angle. Um, you know it was nice to see see some pop, but then to follow up with his breaking ball and changeup, like he was, he just has such great command of his pitches. I think he's going to do really well, and I think he'll be really successful at any level he finishes at. Um, but I think it just it brings it brings hope to that community, to be honest. It brings great news to the state because we do produce great baseball players. Um, and I think that it's, it kind of gets underseen a lot. But I think that um, kids like Oliver and Owen and 
those guys are really starting to show that there's some talent here in Vermont. And I think it's just going to start to break some things out for us. Well, you've brought a lot of that talent to the forefront. I can report that players are still taking your coaching and tutelage into their next levels. I pitched yesterday against your former player, Storm Rushford, in the uh, Green Mountain Men's League. So uh, the CVU alum are also doing well. So uh, Tim Albertson, long career at CVU, just won the state title yesterday by beating, uh, by beating Brattleboro. Tim, we appreciate you, man. Thanks so much, and congratulations, and good luck. Thank you, Brady. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. There goes Tim Albertson, the now-departing head baseball coach, the manager over at uh, CVU. His team just won a state title yesterday. 13-0, the most lopsided state final in Division One in 65 years. So a uh, total domination from start to finish there by CVU. A couple of texts on the Napa-Morrisville, Napa-Waterbury text line, 802-585-3026. Nate over in Lincoln says, Brady, you were talking about the spider attack in Major League Baseball. Do you think that the April and May no-hitters from this year will have an asterisk next to them because of that spider attack. No, there won't be an asterisk, but I do think for the next couple of years, we as fans will at least remember that this year in baseball, this first two months in baseball, was weird and it was different. I don't think that we're going to look at it and say, oh, that no-hitter didn't count. But I do think we're going to say, you know what, that was a part of the game where weird things were happening and it caused some results that were uneven. So I, I don't think it's something that we're going to look back fondly on and I don't think that uh, it's something that we're going to necessarily hold over everyone's head. We get a text in also that says there's no asterisk on hitters um, until Barry Bonds has one for his home run record. Yeah, I, right now there's no asterisk even on offensive numbers either and there's no num- there's no asterisk officially in the rule book on what the Astros did either. So no, there's no asterisk, but I do think that fans will just remember that this was a weird time in baseball. And it's important to get the game back to a level playing field so that special things can feel special. I'm at the point now where no hitters don't feel special. You know, Jacob deGrom has an ERA, I mean, something like .6. I mean, he's been absolutely absurd. absurd. And I can't even be that impressed by it because I look around the league and I go, okay, there's a lot of pitchers not putting up deGrom numbers, but there's a lot of pitchers that are putting up insane numbers in their own right. When a guy strikes out 15 in the game, I'm not that impressed because – I'm sure there's three other guys that have struck out 12 on the same night. It just doesn't seem that impressive. Just like if everybody was hitting 58 home runs, it wouldn't feel that special either. I want to know that these superhuman accomplishments are possible. But I don't want them to be likely. I don't want them to be predictable. I want to know that what I'm watching is special when it's happening. I don't want it to become commonplace. And that is what the no-hitter was for the first two months of this season. It was commonplace, and I don't want it to be that way. So good question in there from Nate over in Lincoln. Okay, thanks to Tim Albertson for joining us. Red Sox baseball is coming up next. Nathan Navaldi is on the mound against Alec Manoa, 6-10 with the official pregame show, so we will get an update from CBS News. We have a couple of uh, jazz tunes to take you in to the pregame show with Mutt and the crew over on the Red Sox radio network. First pitch again is 7-10. Quick Patriots update. Cam Newton did practice today on the first day of mandatory minicamp. Stephon Gilmore did not show up. He's still rehabbing a partially torn quad, but he wants a new contract. Contract and he is not there. 
I'm sure, in a contractual power play move. And uh, some other cities and other fan bases, they want the Pats DB on their team. We'll talk about all of that tomorrow on the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and streaming at WDEVradio.com.